0: It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz
1: welcome to our halloween week edition of america outdoors radio we've got some spooky stuff on the show for you today to include some stories about haunted hunting destinations written up by mallory murphy writing for ducks unlimited and one of them is in the Pine Barrens of southern New Jersey. That's where you might run across the Jersey Devil or Leeds Devil, as locals call it. It's been roaming the Pines Barrens of South Jersey since at least 1735. One legend has it that Pine Barren resident Jane Leeds, or Mother Leeds, discovered she was with child for the 13th time. She cursed the child in frustration and suggested that this one may be the devil. When the child was born one stormy night, it transformed into a horrible, elongated creature with red eyes, bat-like wings, and a goat or horse-like head, cloven feet, and a forked tail. Mother Leeds confined her child until it escaped up the chimney and off into the swamps it went. For centuries, the Jersey Devil menaced townspeople, harmed livestock, and haunted the surrounding wetlands. People still report seeing strange things and hearing an unexpected, blood-curling, screech-like sound coming from the Pinelands. So, if you find yourself duck hunting out there and you hear that, watch out. You might be close to having a run-in with the Jersey Devil. Want another story? Well, here's another one from that article, and it takes place at the Great Salt Lake in Utah. One legend is that early Native Americans told stories of water babies, mermaid-like creatures that sounded like crying babies. The sounds of the cries were used to lure people into the lake. Then the creature would capture them and drag them under, never to be seen again. I've got some friends who hunt the Great Salt Lake for waterfowl, and I would warn them, be careful, don't get lured in by any crying babies you may hear out there during your next hunt. We'll have another one of these fun stories for you towards the end of our program today. And sticking with the Halloween theme, we'll be talking to Jeff Herman with Pest Gnome about the best and worst states when it comes to bats. Now, bats definitely go with Halloween, but they're not as scary as you think. As a matter of fact, they are pretty important to our ecosystem, and Jeff will tell you more about that also towards the end of our show today. Who else are we talking to? How about the winner of the Western Outdoor News Bass U.S. Open that took place at Lake Mojave a couple of weeks ago. That would be Kyle Grover. We're going to chat with him in just a minute about how he won this big tournament and ended up with a payout worth over $150,000. Somebody else we'll talk to today would be Mike Whitlow with Anglers Inn International. He is organizing a trip to the Amazon River for peacock, bass, and a whole bunch of other species. And if you are looking for an exotic and luxurious fishing trip of a lifetime, I think you're going to really want to hear about this one. It sounds absolutely fantastic and fascinating and fun. And with Veterans Day coming up soon, I thought it'd be a great time to get Laura Lindsay on the line. She's a development director for Heroes on the Water. It's a nonprofit organization serving veterans, first responders, law enforcement officers, and their families. And they use kayak fishing as a way of providing not just relaxation and fun outdoors, but also as therapy for all these people who suffer from a lot of stress and in some cases, PTSD. Their tagline is Paddle Fish Heal, and Lindsay will tell you more about what they're offering. And we'll also talk about some events coming up in states around the United States you may want to participate in. Put it all together, we've got not just a spooky show for you, but a pretty informative one, too, with an emphasis on outdoors fun. So let's get things started by talking to our first guest of the day. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we are heading to Southern California to talk to Kyle Grover. He is the winner of the Juan Bass U.S. Open. You heard about that a couple of weeks ago on the show. It is the biggest bass tournament in terms of payout in the western United States. Kyle, congratulations on your big win.
2: Thank you so much. It was a dream come true to win that tournament. I'm so excited
1: oh, I'll bet it was, took place at Lake Mojave on the border of Arizona and Nevada. Now, you pretty much won this catching smallmouth bass using your Lowrance active sonar, didn't you?
2: 13 of the 15 fish I weighed were smallmouth. I had one, I did have one big largemouth uh, the first day that I caught on a spot that I caught some last year on, and then my co-angler caught the uh, one that we weighed in about a two and a half pounder at the end of the third day.
1: You literally, it's a three-day tournament, and you led from wire to wire. You actually held on to the lead all three days, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I had the lead all three days. I had almost 21 the first day and then almost 20 the second day. And didn't think I had enough to do it the last day. I fell a little bit to 16 and a half, but everybody kind of stumbled. So, so yeah, it worked out.
1: Well, I think it's absolutely fantastic. So, again, you're using Lorentz Active Sonar. This is
2: forward-facing
1: sonar, I presume?
2: Yes, yeah. In this day and age, you... If you're not proficient at it, you're going to have a rough time out there.
1: Yeah, I, I don't have it, and I've noticed that in the club tournaments I compete in. So let's talk a little bit about exactly what presentation you're using. I understand you were using a drop shot.
2: Yeah, I caught almost all my fish on a drop shot this week. I was drop shotting uh, the Berkeley baits as well as um, Robo Worm.
1: All right. And what kind of rod do you use for this application?
2: I like to use the St. Croix 7-3 Legend Tournament. Uh, It's got that really nice tip on it and a backbone. Same thing you hear everybody say about every rod, you know, a little bit of tip, a lot of backbone. I really like that rod. It's got a little lighter tip than most would probably prefer for drop shot. We're using really light line out here, six-pound test, and those smallmouth just go crazy when you hook them. They're taking giant runs and jumping five feet in the air. kind of helps absorb some of that when you're fighting them on short line.
1: Six-pound test, are you going so light because the water's so clear down there?
2: You know, the zone that I fished, the water wasn't even that, it wasn't that clear. It was about eight-foot visibility, but the fish have just been so pressured there the last year. The pros that came out and fished this tournament last last year was the first time the tournament's ever been at Lake I and mean, They kind of showed everybody that this is what you need to do. Nobody had really figured out the offshore smallmouth deal. So And those guys were catching them on heavier lines last year, but this year it was really, you had to get lighter, the fish were pressured, and it was just about getting one to bite. You would throw at a lot every day. If if every fish fit my lure that I threw at, I'd have had 25 pounds a day, but just so many of them look at it for a second and then they swim off. So trying to get lighter, the lighter line I think was getting me a few extra bites throughout the day.
0: Very
1: interesting. Now, this is your 11th time competing in the Western Outdoor News, Bass U.S. Open. And for many years, it's been held out at Lake Mead. Last year, it moved to Lake Mojave for the first time. Which fishery do you like better?
2: I would consider Lake Mead my favorite lake in the country. I have grown up fishing Lake Mead. I've won a few boats at Lake Mead. I really, really like Lake Mead. I was, I've was, been complaining all year that this tournament wasn't at Lake Mead. And then this year, the water's come up about 30 feet. There's a few ramps, but it was just – it was so uncertain. Billy so had to go back to Mojave again. And then so next year, we're going to have – he's got one pro-am scheduled at Mead just to make sure it's all good again. But so you hope it will be at Mojave again next year. But I would – unless the water goes down again, I'd be surprised if 2025, it's not just fully back at Lake Mead. That's where it's always been forever. That's where it's supposed to be. You know, you're in Vegas. It it feels right at Lake Mead. I'm still very happy I won at Mojave. I'll go to Mojave anytime they want.
1: There you go. Last question for you. You won $74,000 and a Bass Cat bass boat worth $82,000. So here's the question. Are you going to stick with your current bass boat or are you going to start fishing out of this new Bass Cat?
2: No, I'm a hardcore ranger guy. I sell rangers at English Marine, California, the boat dealership I work at. Got that. I'm very ecstatic to have won the boat. I'm very appreciative of Rick Pierce and everybody at Bass Cat. Yeah, we got her in the showroom already. If anybody wants to give me a call, she's for sale. All
1: right. And the place to go to see that brand-new bass cat that Kyle just won is Angler's Marine in Anaheim, California. That's where Kyle works, and he would be happy to sell you that brand-new boat that he just won at Lake Mojave. Kyle, congratulations on the big win, and thanks for sharing all the details with us today on America Outdoors Radio.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
3: Rolling Knife Sharpener by WorkSharp, designed to make sharpening fast, easy, and work every time. Snap to your angle, select your abrasive, and make sharp happen. Sharpen your kitchen knives large and small, Japanese knives, and even pocket knives. The magnetic angle base secures a wide range of knives at four set angles. Three premium abrasives deliver fast sharpening and exceptional results. The tri axle drive system allows you to follow the curve of your longest blade. And the soft touch grip ensures comfort and safety during the entire sharpening process. Add confidence to your cuts. Make Sharp Happen.
4: Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization
5: So make your next meal sizzle with Camp Chef, the brand known for quality outdoor cooking. From camp stoves to cast iron, from smokers to grills, Camp Chef will change the way you cook outdoors. To eat like a king on your next adventure, go to CampChef.com or visit your local sporting goods store and get cooking. Whether you're serving breakfast in the backcountry or barbecue on the back patio, savor the simplicity with Camp Chef. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors.
4: Are you looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here for you. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer affordable platforms to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting John Cruz through his website at americaoutdoorsradio.com. That's americaoutdoorsradio.com. Hurry though, if you wait too long, the big opportunity might get away.
1: You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Have you thought about some exotic fishing destinations to fish in 2024? I've got one for you. It's called the Amazon River. You're going to be after peacock bass and more, and you're going to be doing it through Anglers In International. With us here to tell you more about a January trip that you can sign up for now is Mike Whitlow. Mike, great to have you back on the air.
6: Hey John, I'm excited to talk to you about the, traveling to the, the beautiful Amazon jungle and chasing the giant peacock bass of the Amazon. This is a place where we catch fish in over 20 pounds. I'm talking giant peacock bass. All kinds of species. The three bar, of course, are the big ones. The pakas, the spots, the popcorns. Different species of catfish you can catch. I'm talking giants, too, in the Amazon. The thing about there, whenever you cast, you never know what you're going to catch. Freshwater barracuda, piranhas, payara, you just never know. But it's an adventure of a lifetime. So what do you want to know about it, John?
1: Well, let's start off with what part of the Amazon River you're fishing, because the Amazon's a pretty darn
6: big river. You're correct. 75% of the world's freshwater is in the Amazon Basin, and we target and fish up in the Rio Negro. That's where the giant fish, the fish over 20 pounds go, and that's, that's what we're targeting, that trophy fish of a lifetime. You know, plus lots of other cool fish, but we'll, you'll fly into Manaus, Brazil. That's the capital of the Amazon state. We'll pick you up at the airport. These flights, you get in at about 3 in the morning, so we'll take you straight to a hotel. We'll let you sleep in, relax, have a leisure day, one more night at the hotel, and then the next morning, we're going to take you back to a small commercial airport. We're going to put you on some small charter flights or float planes to get you up to the jungle where our yacht is. That's right. It's a beautiful shallow drafting yacht, beautiful quarters, state rooms, two people to a room, hot showers, air condition. You're not roughing it with us. Going to go up there. We're going to spend seven nights on the yacht, a little over six days of fishing. Then we're going to fly you back into Manaus, put you in a hotel room for the evening and get you back to the airport. But what a trip. Oh, it
1: sounds like a fantastic trip. And folks, you can do this for under $5,700 plus gratuity. And you do have to pay your own way to and from Brazil in terms of airfare. But other than that, this is all inclusive. And having been on a trip with Mike before to Anglers Inn International at Lake El Salto in Mexico, I can tell you, you will be spoiled rotten by the staff and you're going to eat like a king, and drink as much as you want. Don't drink too much, though. There's a lot of fishing to be done here. Let's talk a little bit about the yacht. And folks, if you go to, to Anglers and International, just look up yeah. Amazon River Trips, and you're going to see this yacht. It's absolutely amazing.
6: How many people does it sleep? So we've got a a couple different yachts. We've got one that holds 16 customers. And, of course, either myself or Billy will be hosting you on that trip. And then we do have a smaller 12-person yacht that we use from time to time. Just depends upon the group that we're booking. But, yeah, it's it's everything you need on it. We pull the bass boats behind it. We're fishing out of 17 uh, seventeen and a half aluminum boats, just like we do at El Salto. Plenty of room in the boats, uh, two people to the boat, your guide. And you're right, it is all-inclusive. We supply all your rods, your reels. Of course, St. Croix rods, Abu Garcia Riva Beast light saltwater reels, your braided line, all your tackle. Each and every boat gets its own tackle box with all the specific lures that you need to catch these giants in the Amazon. If you lose them or break them each night, we actually replace them. So we make sure you have everything you need for a trip of a lifetime.
1: Well, that is quite a change from Lake El Salto, where you bring in your own tackle. You do provide rods and reels, but uh, you bring in your own tackle. So I like this because, frankly, I think most of us here in America would have no idea what kind of tackle to bring to catch peacock, bass, and these other species.
6: You're correct. And then, you know, the other thing is we don't want you bringing rods and reels and tackle. We're going to be putting you on small flights to get up to the jungle, and we have weight limits for your luggage. So all you got to do is, you know, bring enough clothing for a few days. We do laundry service on the boat, so you don't have to pack a lot. You can pack light. And the other cool thing, you don't even need to bring bug spray where we're going. There are no mosquitoes and no no no-seams in the Amazon where we are fishing in the Rio Negro.
1: I'll be darned. You know, you just always assume that there's going to be mosquitoes down there. You remember hearing all the stories about malaria with the Panama Canal. So that's quite a surprise, and it's a pleasant surprise, too. Got to talk about the food, because the food at Lake El Salto at the Lodge at Angler's Inn International was fantastic. I have a feeling the food's going to be pretty good here, too, with a Brazilian emphasis
6: That's correct. It has a Brazilian flair with all your meals. You know, you'll get up and have a breakfast ready for you, cook in the stateroom, the big uh, dining area, and we'll get you out off uh, on your boat. You can either uh, decide to come back to the boat for lunch, or most people, what we do is we'll have a bunch of meal stuff cooked for you. You kind of load it up into your uh, lunch bags and all. You pick out what you want. You take it with you. We have plenty of drinks, plenty of water in the boat. And you can spend the whole day, you know, halfway through the day, guide will pull up underneath the jungle canopy in the shade, sit back, have a nice lunch, have a couple of cold sodas, some water, then get back out to fishing. Then when you come in at night, you come in for drinks and hors d'oeuvres, and then uh, we'll be feeding you, you know, a variety of different Brazilian uh, meals, including one night on a sandy island in the middle of nowhere, we're going to serve you up a ribeye steak dinner. It's, It's unbelievable. You're in the middle of the jungle on a sand island in the river
1: sounds absolutely fantastic something else we should talk about too is it's the wildlife i'm sure there's some very exotic wildlife down there uh, tell us about a few of the things you're going to see in terms of birds or animals
6: Well, there's uh, all kinds, and one of the biggest questions I get is, do you see anacondas? You know what? In all the trips I've been, I have not yet, but I've seen uh, the freshwater dolphins, the pink dolphins. You'll see them every day. They're all around swimming in the river. You're going to see macaws, parrots, parakeets, sometimes by the hundreds. You'll see the spider monkeys a lot. You'll see and hear howler monkeys in the jungle. Of course, you'll see the caimans, the small little crocodiles, and you'll see the caimans, the big ones, the 8- or 10-footers. They may be swimming around your boat while you're fishing. Sometimes you got to get your topwater lure out of their way, or they will grab it.
0: Oh,
2: wow. <laughs> but
6: <laughs> there's uh, all kinds of wildlife in there. You'll see iguanas, different lizards. There's times uh, I've never seen one, but we've heard jaguars in the jungle. They're there. But it is just a cool part of the world to go visit and see.
1: What an exotic and wonderful fishing expedition Why don't you tell us the exact dates and how folks can get a hold of you to book this once-in-a-lifetime
2: trip?
6: Well, we've got a few spots left to join me. It's uh, January 4th to January 14th, 2024, so the time's coming up. You can call me at 509 378-2814, 378 or email me at mike.whitlow at anglersin.com. I will help you with everything, help you with what type of airfare you need to book. I will make your trip simple. All you need is a passport and write us a check, and by gosh, you're going to be on a trip of a lifetime.
1: Well, it certainly does sound like the trip of a lifetime. Again, folks, go to anglersin.com, check out the Amazon package, and you're going to Find out more about that, and then contact Mike directly. That's who you want to contact. And trust me, a hosted trip with Mike is the way to go. I promise you this, having been on one with him. Again, his phone number is
6: 509-378-2814. Again, mike.witlow at anglersin.com. And like I said, I'm going to make it so easy for a trip of a lifetime. to get you to a beautiful part of the world in the mighty Amazon jungle.
1: Whitlow, spelled W-H-I-T-L-O-W that's Mike.Whitlow at anglersin.com. and the phone number one more time 509-378-2814 give him a call shoot him an email today you don't want to miss out on this trip Mike, I am so jealous of you but I look forward to seeing you during sportsman show season you can tell me all about it when you get back
6: I look forward to seeing you too buddy thanks for having me on again
1: Why book at Sportsman's Cove Lodge?
0: Why is Alaska like no other place on earth? It hasn't changed in thousands of years. From the way you get here on a float plane to the way you go out with the guides and the boats, it's just
5: a professional experience. I said, this is as good as it gets. I said, if you can't catch fish here, you can't catch fish anywhere. Your experience with us will leave you speechless.
1: Book now at alaskasbestlodge.com. Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. I've got a very special organization I want to tell you about. It's called Heroes on the Water, and their tagline is Paddle, Fish, Heal. It's all about kayak fishing, and kayak fishing is being used as a means of therapy for Veterans, and also first responders and law enforcement officers, as well as their families. With us here to tell you more is Laura Lindsay. She's the Director of Development at Heroes on the Water. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. We appreciate it. Why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about the history of this organization that's now celebrating its 15th anniversary?
7: Yes, of course. So we are so excited to have been around for 15 years. Our founder, Jim Dolan, was a passionate fisherman and an Air Force veteran, and he felt like there was a lot of things that were available, but one of the things that wasn't was a way for people to relax and reconnect. And so he started kayak fishing and thought, you know, hey, I think there's something here that we could do to really help. And fortunately, we had some contacts at BAMC, Brook Army Medical Center who are very progressive in their approach and they said, hey, yeah, come on out and we'll take some people kayak fishing and the results that we saw that day were amazing. You could see a definite difference from the time they went on the water until the time they got back and Jim turned to the team that was there and said, I don't know what this is but we're on to something and we just started from there. So, in 2007, we spent our year you know, getting our 501c3 and making things official and putting it together. And then in 2008, it became an official 501c3 nonprofit. And we've been rocking and rolling ever since to the tune of having now supported more than 60,000 veterans and first responders.
1: That's absolutely fantastic. Now, you're headquartered in Allen, Texas, but you're a nationwide organization, aren't you?
7: That's correct. So we work really diligently to make the most of our donor supporter dollars and really be good stewards. And so one of the things that we don't have is an office. We all work remotely here on the national staff. And then we have our volunteer-led chapters thanks to amazing hearts and minds of people that just believe in the mission. So there's right now 54 of those across the United States. And then we have another program that works directly with the Department of Defense and VA for people that are in treatment. That's our therapeutic program, and there are five of those. So yes, we have a national footprint, and you can find the chapters closest to you if you're interested on our website. We try to make it really simple.
1: And that website, folks, is heroesonthewater.org. That's heroesonthewater.org. What is it about kayaking and fishing that is therapeutic for veterans and law enforcement officers and first responders who are all dealing with PTSD issues to some extent.
7: Sure. So it's interesting because in the beginning, before we commissioned a study, we just knew from watching our participants and listening to them and having them come back to us and say, you know what, this changed my life. This helped me be more engaged with my family. This gave me time with my kiddos where we weren't all on our electronics all the time. I feel much more relaxed. I'm much happier at home. My wife can tell a difference, right? Like there's all of these amazing stories that we have. And then last year, we commissioned a study using our own specially crafted peer-reviewed tool that proves the efficacy of kayak fishing and that it is absolutely the sort of thing that people can do to relax and reconnect with their community and with their family and with themselves.
1: One thing I like about what your organization does is that it doesn't just service the veterans, the law enforcement officers, and the first responders. It also includes their families, and that's a little bit unique. Why do you do that?
7: It was really important to Jim in the beginning that the families be included. His opinion, and we completely agree and have continued that all of these years, is that everybody serves. And you have to really focus on the family as a whole unit. And, and it's everybody. It's, you know, if you're really close to your uncle, bring that person out. If you, you know, bring the family dog. Like we believe that you really have to focus on the entire family as a group and what they need in order to heal for everyone to have that baseline wellness journey and then that way you actually make more progress going forward and everybody has an opportunity to just really connect with one another in a way that you don't get to do when you're all wrapped up in your day-to-day stressful life.
1: How does it work getting these people out on the water? You have these volunteer chapters. Are they basically holding events and publicizing them and saying, come on out, we've got kayaks available, or is it something different?
7: Yes, yeah, so that's, that's exactly how it is. So each of the chapters utilizes a system called Eventbrite to publicize their events, and we, again, try to make it really simple so it's all connected to our website, and you just simply go find the chapter closest to you, reach out to them, and say, hey, This is something I'm interested in. Please put me on your list. And then when they hold an event, they will let you know. And you can also go and look up events and sign up that way on the website. So we try to make it really accessible for people. Our chapters are immersed in their community and they do a lot of outreach. They do a lot of community engagement events, going out to different organizations that support our community and spreading the word, just doing everything that we can to let people know that this is available for them at no cost and that we would love for them to come and experience the power of outdoor therapy and client fishing.
1: And, you know, I'm on your website right now, heroesonthewater.org. I'm on the events page. And in November, you've got a number of events coming up in Florida, in Maryland, in Texas, South Carolina, Louisiana. I mean, definitely active even though we're into fall and we're past what a lot of folks think of as prime kayak time.
7: Right. So that's one of the nice things about having so many chapters across the United States. We recognize geography and environment and weather plays a big role. Here in the South, in Texas where we are, we could kayak this year round if we wanted to, right? So our chapters will hold events when it makes sense. And coming into what is National First Responders Day and then Veterans Day following is a big time for us to get out in the community and just let people know that we're supporting them.
1: Do most of the participants have their own kayaks or are they using borrowed kayaks at these events?
7: So it's a little bit of both. We have, each chapter has a certain number of kayaks and we let them decide based on their community and their volunteer team what makes the most sense so they could have anywhere from eight to twenty-five just depends on the, the chapter. And then one of the things that we find is for our participants, because another thing that's a little bit different about Heroes on the Water is our events are recurring. So this isn't something that you do annually. This is something that you can choose to do with your chapter month over month, depending on when they have events. So a lot of our participants fall in love with it and they buy their own kayaks. Plus we're super blessed to be supported by the kayaking community in general. So they will come out and provide us with guidance and safety lessons and, you know, act as guides on the water for anyone who hasn't done it. So we're super safety conscious and you just go and sign up. Now, if you're a chapter, they do go really quickly. So it is kind of a first-come, 1st serve basis. So you want to sign up as soon as you think you want to go. But, yeah, we have kayaks. We, we provide everything, the kayak, the PFD, the rod, the reel, lunch. Like, it's a whole experience for them. And then, you know, you're welcome to come back again the next month.
1: Sounds like a great opportunity for our veterans, law enforcement officers, first responders, and their families. Again, it's Heroes on the Water. And their tagline, paddle, fish, heel, is certainly true. If you want to get involved, just go to heroesonthewater.org. Look for an event near you. Sign up and get out there on the water. And you think you're going to really enjoy it from a therapeutic point of view and just from a fun point of view, too. Laura, thank you so much for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you, John. Do you love to fish? Do you love to eat fish? Well, if you do, you know how important it is to have something to keep things sharp. Now, in the boat, it might be something to keep your hook sharp, like maybe the pocket knife sharpener from WorkSharp, which also works just fine along with the guided field sharpener for keeping fillet knives sharp. So when it comes to cleaning those fish you catch for the day, you can get that done in a hurry. And let's not forget, back at the house, when you're preparing those fish for a meal, that's when you want to have a kitchen knife sharpener, and there's several electric ones available. You can find them all at WorkSharpTools.com which lists all sorts of both manual and electric sharpeners you can use in the kitchen, in the shop, or in the field. Sharp hooks and sharp knives make for a happy day on the water, so get your sharpener today at worksharptools.com or look for these products at quality sporting goods stores and hardware stores near you.
4: In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going.
1: This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket?
4: That's correct, Jill. How's it looking?
1: This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you you can check
7: your cook right from your phone, right? I
4: didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me.
5: Immerse yourself in a complete Alaska wilderness experience through Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Up to six of you will spend a week in a beautiful waterfront log home in a secluded cove. Every day is a new adventure. Go on a guided fishing trip or haul in a bounty of shrimp and crab. Visit a Native American village where totem poles are carved. Go on a whale or bear watching trip and return back to your very own place at the end of the day. Find out more about the Alaska wilderness experience at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com.
0: Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. or visit omegataxcredits.com.
1: Next up on America Outdoors Radio, Halloween is coming up this week, and we thought it'd be appropriate to talk a little bit about bats. Now, a lot of folks associate bats with halloween or with vampires and other scary things but they're actually a very important part of our ecosystem with us here to tell you more about that is jeff herman he's with a company called pest gnome and they have just ranked the best and worst states in america for bat lovers jeff welcome to the show glad to be here so before we get into the states and how they rank let's talk a little bit about bats and how they're actually really important to our ecosystem
8: Bats eat a lot of insects. So if you've got mosquitoes, you've got gnats, beetles, fruit flies, moths, whatever sort of insect that's bothering you outside your home, bats are going to be really helpful to remove that particular problem for you. You'll have less of a problem with mosquitoes if there are bats in the neighborhood. You
1: know, I live in the Northwest, and when I think of bats, I think of everyone, of course, thinks of vampire bats, but I usually think of fruit bats. And There's a couple of other species of bats we have up here, but I had no idea there was like, what, 31 different species of bats in America?
8: Right. There's 31 species in America. There's 15 in Washington State. And some of them have big ears. Some of them have little ears. Some of them have, you know, there are big brown bats, little brown bats, canyon bats, all those kind of really cool different kinds of bats. The neat thing to realize is that when we think of vampire bats, well, they're in South America. They're not in the U.S. So that is one of those myths about bats here in the United States is that they're going to, like, suck your blood. That doesn't happen. They'll eat the mosquitoes instead.
1: Gotcha. So how did you come up with the rankings for the best and the worst states when it comes to this survey?
8: Well, we looked at the bat species, the number of bat species that a particular state has, the numbers of endangered bat species in that state, and then the community, the number of people with the bat viewing sites, the bat walk organizations, the bat week events, because bat week is wrapping up here at the end of October. And, you know, just a little bit of bat protection like, you know, the restrictions on being able to remove bats so that you protect these important bats that help. To get rid of insects. And then the number of wind turbines per square mile. That's surprising because as we embrace wind energy, these are not a good thing for bats. So we included all of those things, wrapped that up, and wrapped all those statistics into an assessment of each one of the states. That's very interesting. You know,
1: the wind turbine part, because I know wind turbines are very bad for raptors. Right. They kill golden eagles, they kill ball eagles, they kill hawks because birds can't sense the spinning turbines. Is it the same with the bats? Do they have the same issues with the turbines?
8: It's the same thing that, you know, as we rely on green energy, the bats just can't really sense them and be able to get out of their way, and so they just meet their demise.
1: Gotcha. Yes. Well, for all you greenies out there, you're doing a little bit of harm. It's not, not necessarily as much good as you think you are with those wind turbines. All right. Well, let's talk about the best states for bat lovers. Texas comes out at number one. Why is that? Well, Texas has
8: more bat species than anybody else, and that's the biggest thing. It also has a number of bat-friendly groups. I lived in Austin for a while, and every sunset, people gather at the Congress Avenue Bridge to watch those bats take off. It's hundreds of people every night to watch the bats take off. There's also some in Round Rock, another colony, and there's a big colony in San Antonio. So, bats are something that the community embraces, and that's a big, big deal.
1: Well, and you like them personally because they get rid of the mosquitoes down there, don't you?
8: Right. When I lived in Austin, you could leave your screen door open because the mosquitoes weren't going to get inside because there weren't mosquitoes because the bats were taking care of that problem for you. So, you know, bats were something I'd see when I walked the dog and, well, no, no big problem. They're taking care of the mosquito problem for me.
1: <sighs> I think we could use a few more bats where I live.
8: All right. California came in second place. Tell me about that. California leads its number two in community ranks with so a lot more community support for bats in California. They also have a bat protection rank. Again, a lot of California has a lot of eco-friendly leading policies and it comes to bats and it's number one there too. So bat species, well, they aren't the leader that Texas is in the number of species, but California leads in the bat protection and also community factors. Okay. And we'll go
1: through all the top five, but a couple more that are in the top five, Ohio and Indiana, a couple of Midwestern
8: states. How did they make the list? You know, I was really surprised by Indiana because I lived in Indianapolis too, but they have a bat week where it's a big bat festival. So, you know, that helped them to do really well in the community ranking. In Arizona, of course, you know, they have bats that are a big deal there. But The surprise for me of all of these is Florida at number seven. I would have expected Florida to be higher because of, again, there are not as many bat species. But holy cow, the University of Florida has the same thing where people come out every night to watch those bats take off from the bat barn. So I know there's a big community for bat lovers in uh, Florida too. Very cool. All right. Let's talk
1: about the worst states for bat lovers and why. We'll start off with the number four, number five in terms of the worst states. The Dakotas, North and South Dakota. How did they make the list there?
8: In North Dakota and South Dakota, when you look at the number of species, they have very few species of bats. So that was the biggest factor that led them to the bottom. And then the community rank, well, since they have very few species of bats, they also have very small communities of people who really like bats or or are impassioned about protecting bats. And the same thing when you think of bat protection, well, that was number 40 and number 48 for those states. So they're down at the bottom in bat protection, down at the bottom in community rank, and then the bat species rank, they just don't have that many species.
1: And Iowa, number three, is that because there's so many wind turbines in Iowa?
8: Yeah, that's probably a part of it, but again, it's the same thing. They just don't have as many species, and the community rank, again, same reason there, and the bat protection rank, just not as, they're actually the lowest of all of the states in terms of the bat protection.
1: Interesting. All right. Alaska, I kind of get. I'm guessing a lot of parts in Alaska, bats do not thrive. Uh, Your number one worst state for bat lovers, surprised me, Hawaii. I guess I just kind of assumed there'd be a lot of bats there.
8: Yeah, I think the biggest thing you have to factor in that, you know, how did the bats get to Hawaii? And, you know, because it's an island, there's just not a whole lot of bats there. And same thing with Alaska. Again, the cold, not very friendly to a whole bunch of bats. So those two make sense down at the bottom simply because they're not friendly environments to bats.
1: All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the company you work for, Pest Gnome. It's kind of like the Angie's List for pest control and wildlife
8: removal. Tell me more. Right. Pest Gnome is a place where you can find all that you want if you're going to DIY your pest control problem, be it mosquitoes or rats or whatever, or if you're trying to get rid of a bat that's in your house, This will tell you it's probably better to get a wildlife control expert to take care of that, particularly because of those laws and restrictions that are surrounding bat removal. But no matter what pest you have, it gives you the resources to be able to do it yourself or to be able to find a pro who can do it for you near you.
1: And if people want to get a hold of this survey, how can they do it?
8: The easiest thing is to go to pestgnome.com blog. It's at the top of the blog page. You should be able to see it right there front and center
1: the website to go to, pestnome.com. That's gnome, like the little thing that you have as a statue, G-N-O-M-E, pestgnome.com. Check out the survey and check out the services that they offer, and have a happy Halloween. Jeff, thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thanks so much, John. Glad to be here. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. And with hunting season underway, you may have gone out, and you might have missed you might not be very happy with the performance of your rifle. And if that's the case, consider an upgrade. And you can do so by going to henryusa.com. There's over 200 different rifles to choose from there. And you're going to find exactly what you need for deer hunting, for small game hunting, or whatever hunting you're doing this fall. The best thing about Henry Repeating Arms? Well, there's several best things. Number one, they are all made right here in America. That's hard to beat in and of itself. Number two, they look great. They are rugged. They're reliable. And most importantly, they shoot straight right out of the box. So again, go to HenryUSA.com. Check out the lineup of firearms available. Look for an authorized dealer near you and upgrade to a rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. You won't regret it. Finally, with Halloween coming up in just a few days, I thought we'd share one more story from Mallory Murphy writing for Ducks Unlimited about haunted hunting destinations. This one is a good one. In this destination you'll find in Louisiana. And if you find yourself near the Borg LaRose Highway or LA-24 outside of Houma, an area that's got some very good duck hunting, you need to be careful because you might run across the Rogero. Now, the rogero is a Cajun monster that resembles a werewolf. It's occupied the wetlands near this highway since the 18th century. According to legend, it's a dangerous creature known for attacking livestock and humans. It can even curse those who see it, leading to a life of misfortune. It's said the only way to protect yourself from the rogero is to have a piece of silver, which repels a creature in your pocket, or... You'll love this one. Have 13 pennies in your pocket because a Rogero can't count past 12. Just a humorous way to wrap things up before we roll into Halloween and continue with some very good hunting this season. Here's hoping you're blessed in the days ahead and here's hoping you get out there for some fun. But be watchful for all those ghosts, goblins and monsters out there. Until next time, do remember this. It is your country and you're outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it.